The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the uh, wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. Michelle, another show, another week, another great week at uh, the Great Race Place, and uh, some derby previews I think we're going to talk about probably. Or, or reviews. I should reviews. Say. Reviews. I don't know about previews. We're going to do reviews. Yeah. Um, was a fun weekend. We have a really cool show today. We have a great guest, and we're going to probably talk about her horse in one of our reviews. Uh, her name is Tammy Bobo. She is the owner of Simplification, winner of the Holy Bull. And uh, I, I've, I've never met Tammy. I don't think you have. Me neither. I spoke to her the other day. She uh, seems like a lot of fun, and, and we're going to get to know Tammy Bobo coming up. So I think our listeners will like that. But let's jump right into uh, three things of note sponsored by nobody. I think the first big thing of note was definitely this Super Saturday at Santa Anita. Um, we had a bevy of stakes races at the Great Race Place. We also had a huge stakes card at Gulfstream Park. We had the cross-country all-turf and all-dirt stakes for the pick five. And then we also had the pick 15 Did anyone going hit the on. pick 15? I don't know if anybody hit the pick 15. I know I did not. <laughs> did you try? You no, were supposed to try. I said I that you would. I didn't try. I didn't try. You're a terrible person. I am a terrible person. I make promises online and uh, then you don't fulfill them. I'm sorry. I didn't try. But uh, wow. Yeah, there were a lot of races. I mean, we could go over them. What, how do we do this on three things of note? Okay. Like, would we so, pick our favorite so this is like three thing or something? One. So I think the, the big three were the San Anita Handicap, the Beholder, and the Kilro. What about the Sam... Was it San Felipe? Well, that's part of like our derby. Thriller. Oh, oh, I see. Good call. Yeah, multiple yeah, good things call. of note. All right, so Santa Anita Handicap, uh, our friends at CRK Stables, the express train moving like an express train. How was that? That was all right. Give me one. I I can't right yeah, now. Seriously, you have my to. brain does not work right now. <laughs> moving like an express train. I don't know. He was pretty awesome. Uh, good run from Warrant in second for the uh, Brad Cox shipper. But uh, Express Train and CRK and John Sheriffs and Victor Espinoza with another win, stamping themselves as the uh, one of, if not the best, uh, older horse in Southern California because there are some others, like a, I would say like Country Grammar, as he considered, Hot uh, Rod Charlie, even though they haven't run here recently and they're headed to Dubai. But Express Train um, loves Santa Anita, and he's getting better and better. And I thought he showed a lot of tenacity in this win as well. I, I had personally thought Warrant was going to run really well and win the race, but uh, Express Train threw down, and I thought he looked really good, and it was valiant for him. Very good. Good analysis. I like that, valiant. Okay, so then the Beholder, um, which was just a walk in the park, right? 
Yeah, as time goes by uh, for uh, the Coolmore folks and Mr. Baffert, uh, Mr. Mr. Pratt was aboard. She kind of uh, broke a little slowly, took the lead shortly thereafter, and never looked back. I thought it was a really nice run by Miss Bigley to get up for she second. She ran great. Yeah, for our friends um, at Agave Racing Sable, Mark Martinez, uh, Phil D'Amato, who had a huge day, uh, and, and Ramon Vasquez in to ride. That, uh, Miss Bigley kind of gave her a scare down the lane, looked for a mm-hmm. second that she was going to maybe – uh, step up and win a grade one, but uh, settled for second as time goes by. Just too good, too much, uh, ha- had it too much her own way and uh, proved best in the grade one. And also we had the Kilro Mile, which I had played count again as my top selection. I had singled him and I had used him in my pick 15. So I was dying three strides from the wire. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, Phil D'Amato. And uh, Mark Martinez teaming up with Count Again, who has really found uh, 2022 to be kind of his year, even though I think he's a seven-year-old now. Uh, They gave him a little break after a lot of hard races down uh, at Del Mar last year, and it's really paid dividends as he got his his first grade one victory in the Kilro. Very nice effort from Space uh, Traveler. Traveler, yeah. Space Traveler, um, and uh, who looked like a winner about three steps before the wire. And I before... did not use him in anything. I literally used like five horses in that race. Why and didn't you use him? We talked about Traveler. him. I think I gave him out on the air. You did, but I gave out count again. Well, we had the exacta. And, and I, I told you not... Express Train would win too. He was a lock. Yeah, and I wanted Warren. Yeah. So you and I split, uh, we split wins there. Split wins. Okay. Well, big day at Santa Anita. A lot of fun. Good Good day. Uh, nice weather, except for this like one hour freezing cold rain, and then it just got beautiful again. That was weird. Um. Yeah, it was. Can't control was the weird. weather. All right. All right. What else so, we got? thing of note number two is Derby Preps, the Fountain of Youth, and the San Felipe. The Fountain of Youth. Oh, was... did I say the Holy Bull earlier? I'm sorry. It was Fountain of Youth. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, the Fountain of Youth was crazy because at one point, a couple horses clipped heels. Two horses went down in the race, both trained by Bill Mott. They both got up and they were fine back to the barn. Um, but that was like just a crazy visual to watch. Yeah, it's never good to see that. And there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of online chatter about uh, Paco Lopez and his ride aboard. Which I feel like it's not, this is not like the first time, right? This is not a Paco Lopez one-off. No, he has a tendency to get in trouble and looks like he did it again here. Uh, I, I, I watched the race several times at several different angles on these, you know, on Twitter. And it, it's, it is a little difficult to see exactly what happened, but um, it wasn't pretty. It was not pretty, Michelle. But We're just you know lucky what? That everybody walked back to the bar. Yeah, but you know what? How was crappy pretty? do you feel if you're Bill Mott, though? Well, yeah, you feel. I mean, not only one, not one horse, two, two horses in a, in a stakes race go down. Right. Well, give credit to Simplification, who was coming off a second place finish, I believe, in the Holy Bull. Now I can say yes. Holy Bull. Uh, who who strolled home to a relatively easy victory. He's a very, very nice horse, and we're going to find all about all about Simplification when we have Tammy Bobo on the show coming up in soon. 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 Um, and then our third thing of note, Billy. Wait, we missed Forbidden Kingdom. Oh, yeah. I thought, sorry. I mean, Forbidden I, Kingdom in the San Felipe. Yeah. I mean, I my mean, racehorse, Spendthrift, Dick Mandela, they have themselves a very, very serious horse. Yes, he got everything his own way, but they went fast. He kept he going. He does go fast. Juan but Hernandez. Like, do you think he's going to be able to hold on a mile? And I didn't think he'd hold on for the two turns, but they tried to send the other baffer with him, and he wasn't fast enough. They need to pick a faster horse. 
uh, if they're going to try and, and go out yeah. with this one. Because I mean, it was quick. I he thought was, it was visually impressive. Okay. I did. I don't know if he can go a mile and a quarter, but he sure looked freaking fast to me. Right. So pick your poison. You want to go with that horse early? I don't know. I don't know who who's fast enough in the... Maybe that horse of Chad Brown's that won that New York race that he'll probably come back in the Wood Memorial. I think the Wood Memorial is going to be an interesting race because you'll also get the winner of the uh, was it the Gotham? Yeah. Who is Morello, named after uh, Tommy Morello, uh, owned by Blue Lion Thoroughbreds, is actually a friend of mine, Dave Lyons, uh, and uh, Steve Asmussen. That horse looks serious too. So um, it's a, it's a, it's shaping up. I'm starting. Remember last week I told you I didn't even know about like the Derby. Yes. This now I'm starting to like feel it a little bit, and I think it's it's kind of ramping up for me. Okay. So I'm feeling better about it. What's the third thing of note, Michelle? Uh, The third thing of note is that the sales are coming up. Yeah. Are you going? Excellent question. No, I'm not going, but I think Ryan might be. Nice. Well, we will be there. I'm leaving Sunday for the uh, OBS March, which is the first. Uh, two-year-old and training um, sale of the season. It will be, I think they breeze Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sell uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So first, it's heating up. It's so fun. It's mm. so fun trying to find these horses. It's amazing. It's fun. I it's tiring, it. but it's amazing. Hopefully, we start to get a um, a sponsor of some sort. We can start doing little segments about the sales here. Oh, let's do that. Right? Yeah. I like it. I, like I it. love it. I know. My voice is so raspy today. It is. Going it's on. because you're TikToking so much. Oh, yeah. I'm doing so much TikTok. I've seen you on TikTok. I didn't even know you were on there. I didn't know you were on there. And then all of a sudden, I get you on my For oh, You, you see, page. Did and I'm you like, see the that's one Walker Billy's did? dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back with Tammy Bobo. Looking for a good stallion in 2022 for your mare? How about well, this? yes, I am. I knew you always are, Michelle. But how about this roster at TaylorMade Steins? Are you ready for this, Michelle? I'm ready. Instagram, remember him? Oh, yeah. Instilled Regard, grade one winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Storm, one of our favorite horses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Michelle-wish, uh, not this time, who every time I look up, it seems like not this time as a win. Do you agree with that? Yes. He's the, he's the leading second Epicenter this week uh, in a stake on right. Sunday at the fairgrounds. And how about new to TaylorMade in 2022? They have Nick's Go. All he did was win the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably be Horse of the Year. And I think this is one of your favorite horses, Tacitus. Remember Tacitus? Oh, Tacitus. Yes. You love Tacitus. <laughs> this is all at TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White today and get your mare to TaylorMade. And we're back here on the Owner's Box. Very special guest today. Tammy Bobo is joining us, uh, the owner of Simplification. Tammy, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm sure you're very busy. You're probably getting a lot of calls. We we have heard that you are exclusive to the Owner's Box, that this is your really the only podcast that you're probably going to do on the entire Derby Trail. Is that true? Well, I wasn't brought up to speed on this. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, uh, this is the first I've heard of this. There you Again, go. Again, there's a lot of surprises getting in the derby. There you this go. This will just be one of them. Absolutely. Well, Tammy, tell us, before we get into simplification and the big win over the weekend, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started in horse ownership, uh, a little bit of your background when you started going to the races, that kind of thing. Sure. So um, I was blessed as a young girl to be raised in the horse industry. My family had horses uh, when I was a young person. So basically, I was 
raised in a barn. It was my passion. It was my love. And that's what I did. And um, grew up for many years, obviously, doing that. Went out on my own at a younger age and um, started just buying and selling um, people's, you know, I, I hate to use the term, you know, rejects, but horses that most of the public wouldn't have wanted from the local auction barns. Hmm. So at a very modest price. And that's what I could afford at the time. So I would buy, um, you know, maybe a stallion that was at the auction that needed to be gelded and broke and trained. And those were the horses I kind of targeted at that time, problem horses. And I would bring them home and break them and train them and turn them into a modest profit. I had my daughter at a young age. So with that being said, it enabled me the opportunity to be able to stay close to home, take her to school, pick her up from school. I taught some riding lessons and just did what I could as a single parent to make ends meet um, in the horse industry. So I was blessed with my background to be able to continue that. And then um, had ended up getting a farm along the way and training horses and working for several people. I ended up in the quarter horse industry, very blessed in that industry as well. Um, I had success there. And about 11 years ago, um, I met a person who was in the thoroughbred industry who had told me that he had made his money in the thoroughbred industry, which then um, I was very intrigued. Um, In my years of showing quarter horses, I was traveling a lot, going to horse shows, traveling the country. And I used to think that if I had ever gotten hurt or something were to happen to me, how would I residually take care of myself and my daughter? So that is what kind of catapulted me into thinking outside of the box. I wasn't um, obviously someone who grew up in the atmosphere of computers where I use them day in and day out. I didn't. So I came up with an idea to start finding a source of information for equines. For example, I went to a horse show, which was out in Tunica, Mississippi, which was kind of cow field. And you have a sick horse out there. You need a veterinarian. Phone booths back 15, 20 years ago were becoming obsolete. So I had I needed a veterinarian, couldn't really get to one. Phone books were not in what booths may have been left at the time. And I thought of an idea of creating equine information centers, which would mm. encompass all of the equine industry's needs, where the stallions were, where the farms were. And, you know, a lot of times when I travel the country showing horses, I would find out about the greatest restaurants and the places you should have went to visit while you were there. But it was always an afterthought because sure. you were always leaving. So I wanted to create some sort of database where people could put all that information in and the public be able to just type in ocalahorse.com or different names. So I started buying uh, domain names back in the day of the dot-coms, and I started collecting those and then turning those into profitable resale, whether it would be like a BMW of Ocala or just different domain names that I came up with that I thought may have a lot of residual value going forward. So I started collecting those. And um, through that, I started teaching myself and learning the computer industry databases and trying to find someone to help me develop my idea of equine information centers. And I hired a web designer in San Pablo, Brazil. And at the time, the exchange was better, so I could get a lot more bang for my buck. One thing I knew, or I thought I knew at the time, was here in the States, we were building websites by the pages, where if you looked into China and you looked into these other countries, they were building websites on a continuous loop. And that was the type of websites I wanted to build, where you could continuously 
have an influx of information coming into these websites, and they were not built by the page. Gotcha. So that is what prompted OcalaHorse.com many years ago, and that is what I did um, for a while, of course, still doing horses being my greatest passion. Of course. So that just gave me an opportunity for an end to the thoroughbred industry, and that's when I had met Carl Bowling, who told me that he made his living in the thoroughbred horse industry and had invited me to the September Keeneland sale. Now, when, when was this, Tammy? Is, Give us a year, like a, a time frame. I would say, I think I came in the business 11 years ago. Okay. 10 or Rel- 11 relatively years. new. No, 2007. 2007. Okay. Is about when I came in. Right about there. I'm thinking, right? Well, take charge, India. It'd be easy for us to look this up and know exactly. Probably. <laughs> if, we had, if we had this internet or Google or something, I'm right. sure they're going to come up with that soon. We can certainly come up with this answer. So the first year in the industry, the first horse that I bought in the industry was today known as Take Charge Indy. Wow. That's so crazy. That's wild. I was very blessed to have that opportunity. And he was the first horse I bought. So that was my first inkling of training thoroughbreds and race horses. And and that's kind of how it worked. Wow. So, Tammy, I have to ask then, what made you want Take Charge Indy? And what made you decide, okay, I'm going to take this leap now into thoroughbreds because you had had success with the quarter horses and the Arabs, and this is a completely different business. You know, to be honest, I always viewed the thoroughbred industry. So let me back up here. My my mother's father was a racehorse trainer many, many years ago, my grandfather. My nana, who is very dear to me, um, she also was in that industry. Hmm. So it was, uh, I don't know, something you want to do. I hear you. I get emotional every time I start talking about my grandparents as well. So um, we totally understand, Tammy. And uh, did you, when you had, so you got to take charge, Indy, were you the actual train? Did you break in, train him? I did. So for me, you know, my family having the background, um, all of my family kind of were on the racetrack, but they were all working people on the backside. Sure. So with my grandfather being in that industry, it was always intriguing to me but I never thought achievable to me. So it was something that I would, you know, you see or you hear and you think, oh, racehorse industry, that's a sport of kings. Right. You know? Right. That's probably not something that you'd end up doing. Tammy yeah. Bobo hey, on the horse. Indy, I had him. So back to Take Charge Indy. So Take Charge Indy was bought at the sale. He was shipped to Ocala. And then... Um, we went, we had a place out at Nelson Jones training center and I had a barn there and that's where I trained take charge Indy every day was in Ocala, Florida at Nelson Jones. And yes, I broke and trained take charge Indy. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, that's, it's really neat. I know Michelle has a question. Go ahead, Michelle. So Tammy, when you bought take charge Indy, tell us, I know he had some physical issues right away. So when you bought him, did you buy him thinking I'm going to race him or did you buy him as a pin hook scenario? You know, Interestingly enough, my first year in the business was to learn the business, and I wanted to learn, of course, the pin hook inside of it because I'm very motivated in obviously making money. That's kind of my ideas of most of us in life, trying to find ways of doing things differently. And because I had the means to try to maybe step into the thoroughbred industry, um, that was what the plan was to do. So sure. repeat that question. I'm sorry. 
Uh, oh, so we, when you when you bought when you bought Take Charge Indy, was the plan to pin hook him originally or to actually race him? And I know he had a couple of physical issues. Can you tell us what you saw in him that made you want to buy him regardless? Sure. And let me back up. I had a horse just get loose. Oh, no. Ironically enough, you know, we're horse people. Yes. So that's why I had to have you repeat that question. <laughs> so Take Charge Indy, Take Charge Indy was originally bought to be pin hooked. However, I had had a barn of horses that I was training. The person that was in the thoroughbred industry prior to me that introduced me to it, when I said that I was going to go ahead and train these horses, coming from the quarter horse industry, it ended up sending a bunch of horses to the barn. So as I was breaking and training all these horses, this colt was just different. He was special. He stood out from the rest. He had an amazing personality. But you'd go, I'd take him to the track. Myself, my amigo, who is still with me today, and Ricky Martinez, amazing person. And he would gallop him, obviously. We'd go to the track, and this would be the kind of colt. You'd gallop him a mile, mile and a sixteenth, and he'd come off the track with his tail over his back, just fresher than ever, <laughs> as if he never went to train. So I knew people thought that maybe um, I had not a clue, obviously, of what I was doing being from the quarter horse industry. I remember people out there just watching this like this was a circus, I'm sure. We would turn around and go back to the track. And gallop him again. Oh, wow. On the track. <laughs> I love that. And then right. at that point, he'd drop his head and walk to the barn. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we did enough. You know, the horses dictate what needs to be done. If you, let, if you listen and pay attention, you can pretty much figure it out. So he was a great horse, and I just, I took a real, I just adapted to him. He was like my pet. He truly was my pet, and I just couldn't part with him. He just had such an extra special talent. He would just out-train all the other horses that I worked with, and I thought, even at that time, being as green as I was in the thoroughbred, this horse is different. There's something about him. He has m much more air and just much more, he's just more talented. Sure. So at the end of the day, he's a talented colt. Why do I want to sell this colt when this could be my opportunity to learn the business? So I chose to keep him and go on with him and was very blessed with him. He won the Florida Derby and went on to be a great horse. So he was able to kind of show me some of the ropes through the industry. Now, eventually learn. you you did sell Take Charge Indy. So can you yes. walk us through that and, and what it felt like emotionally? So Charge Indy, when I decided, you know, I didn't know the business, I have to say this, I had not a clue of what thoroughbred horses could really be worth. Not a clue. So I didn't want to part with Indy. So when Chuck Sanford came to the barn and wanted to buy Indy, I just said, you know, he's not for sale. I don't want to sell my horse. And, and I was really not wanting to sell the horse. So long story short, he was sold a leg at a time. There you go. And there was agreed upon price. And that agreed upon price was pretty well reached. And I couldn't back up. I didn't mm -hmm. really know at the time what these racehorses could be worth. I'm blessed to have this opportunity where I am today to possibly have another horse go to the Derby. I'm definitely much more educated in the business, thankfully. And now know, you know, what these horses true worth is going forward and that's yeah that's interesting that you say that tammy because i can only imagine and i'd love to get into this obviously we're going to talk about simplification and and his recent win in the fountain of youth and he's on the derby trail as well how many phone calls have you received about purchasing this horse we've had several calls several up leading to this race as well and several calls you know obviously um we've had a pretty big couple of pretty big offers come in since the fountain of youth. But I think, you know, the most surprising thing in this industry is that the majority of people that look into buying these horses seem to want to 
buy that way into the derby right. and don't want to share those experiences. It seems as if it's more of a, we buy the horse, it's ours 100%, you don't stay in. And at this point, I really have no desire to not be a part of this horse's career and pass. So the offers just don't make sense when pretty much, you know, you wouldn't have any part of his career going forward. And that's going to be something significant to me going forward with this horse. Should he, you know, have the privilege of having that opportunity to maybe one day stand at stud? You know, you just don't know what's possible in the world. No, anything is but possible, I and I think you're proving that, Tammy Bobo, from 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 modest beginnings and 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 not knowing anything about the game to being right smack in the middle of the Derby Trail. Tell us a little bit about the experience last weekend at the Fountain of Youth. Uh, obviously, well regarded off his second place finish in the Holy Bull. Uh, a lot of people talking about this horse. Give us give us a little bit about your experience, kind of that day, the pressure, the non pressure, the the adrenaline rush. What was it like? You know, to be honest, I wanted to bring my grandchildren to the race. So Brielle is five, Rock is 18 months, and my daughter's 30. So I decided that I was going to bring the family to the race, Love and it. I sure enough did that. So when you bring an 18-month-old and a five-year-old to a race, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> trust me when I tell you, you really don't have time for all the nerves and all the building up to that race. You're too busy chasing these kids, trying to keep them entertained. So... The race, when the race went off and he broke out of the gate and he was sitting back in the pack and he's coming down the backside, I thought, oh my gosh, they're stuck. There's oh. nowhere for this horse to go. We are stuck. Oh, no. So at that moment, my grandson, who can fit under the table at 18 months old standing, I had just bought my daughter a lovely purse and bought myself a new purse, both of which were being drugged on the concrete under Antonio's table (laughs) by the chains on the purses. And all I thought was, oh, my gosh, he's ruining these purses. (laughs) So I got on my hands and knees to get the purses as the race is going on, and my grandson is yelling, no, 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 and he's as far away from me as he can get to the wall. I hate to disclose this, but I'd recently had surgery, and I couldn't do much. So oh, I couldn't no. really reach my arm out to grab him. So then my daughter started hitting me in the back. And every time she hit me, I couldn't get up because I had had surgery in that area. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, trying to say that. But it was so loud <laughs> where we were that she couldn't hear me screaming like, oh, no, Brittany. But please stop hitting me. <laughs> yeah, it was a disaster. But I'll tell you, it's the biggest blessing. When I stood up, I realized right at the turn, I'm like, well, we're out of the, we're out of the weeds, we're out of the pack, and we were coming down the straightaway. Yeah. So it all happened so quick, and of course, I was in purse recovery mode at the time. Right. That's a good name <laughs> for a horse, too, purse recovery. Right? Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Um, I don't think this is a story people were really looking to hear, but it's the truth of what actually happened during the race. And my friend Valerie was yelling in the back, he's winning, he's winning. Well, so You know what's going to happen yeah. now. I mean, if you're like myself and Michelle, then you need to go out and buy two new purses for the next race. Make sure that they're uh, able, your 18-month-old, is that Rock? Brock. Oh, Brock. Brock. Uh, that he's Brock going, and Brielle. He's going, to, he's going to have, you just hand him the purses right before they leave the starting gate, right? <laughs> right, right. And then my granddaughter, we were in the tax, you know, the walking circle. And my granddaughter is picking the petals off the flower. And I'm thinking, oh, this is rude. I should stop her. She really shouldn't be picking these petals of flowers. But then I thought, 
but all these racehorse people throw flowers when they win a race. So maybe this is a sign from above. <laughs> Let her pick the flowers because if I stop her from picking the flowers, maybe she knows more than I know. So I let her pick these flowers. So she put them in her hat. Hence oh. all the race win pitchers with her hat upside down, refusing to throw the flower. <laughs> so I thought we had a deal. I said, Bree, you know, if God willing, we could win this race today, I want you to throw those flowers up in the wind pitcher. No, Bella, these are my flowers. <laughs> I, I'm like, Bree, but if we could win this race today, we need to throw these flowers. There we were in the wind pitcher. She would not part with a flower. They are uh, now on my front porch getting dried out to be put in his wind pitcher. Oh, that's very, so, that's very, very cool. Everything How did he, happens for a reason. Can you so talk about... She knew what she was doing. Uh, Tammy, I know we don't have too much time, but I'd love to talk about... You talked about the acquisition of Take Charge Indian when you... Uh, how, what was the acquisition like of Simplification? I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I apologize. I should know this, but I'd love to hear the story. Okay. So Valerie Demerick, my friend, and Tristan, our friend, sure. Fernando and our friend, called us and said that they had had a couple of horses for sale at the farm. I didn't even know he had gone through a sale previously. It's kind of funny. Now we see all the writing on it, you know, that he was an RNA. Right. What, you know, I mean, I'm glad I didn't know. So the good news is they called, said they had some horses for sale. So we went over to their barn and uh, looked at the horses, and he was one of them. And so we vetted him and liked him, and we bought him. That seems very easy. And, uh, and, you, and you bought him with hopes to pinhook. We bought him with the hopes. All of our horses are bought with the hopes of pin hooking. That is truly the base of our protocol here. We buy weanlings to yearlings. We keep them for the 10-month ROI or whatever it may turn into, the July, August, September sales. Then if we don't sell them, we always go to the two-year-old sales. I love the two-year-old sales. So we always stop there anyway along the way, and we race truly by default. Right. Makes so a lot of sense. Yeah. We offer all of our horses at public auction unless there is a slight sesamoiditis or some minor little issue or an issue. Could be a surgical issue. Could be anything in the world of spin hooking. So if anything keeps us from presenting them at 100% at a sale, instead of discounting them, if we live with them and know them, we make the choice just to go on. So the majority of our horses that we don't get sold as yearlings do go on to be two-year-olds. We offer them at public auction there. And if they're not bought then, we race. Do we have anything selling at OBS March that, that Michelle and I need to be aware of? We do. We have three over at March. There is a pretty special Tappet cult over there with the Demerics. Okay. No, Tappet's too expensive for me. I need something less. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, Michelle can't do Tappet. over there. Um, we have a couple others in there that are nice horses too as well. You know, just different levels, as you guys know, as to what will be. Um, but we do. We have three nice horses in March. We have quite a few two-year-olds this year that are going to be offered at public auction. Awesome. And um, we've already started, you know, to build the stable, the race stable for next year. And we'll see where it goes from there. Well, it, it all sounds like a grandiose plan, but there's there's this kind of a big race coming up uh, in about two months. I don't know if you've heard of it, and your 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 uh, granddaughter will probably be hopefully throwing roses instead of just flowers picked out of uh, Gulfstream Park paddock. It's called the right. Derby. So God willing. That tell, would be tell us a little, just, I mean, dreaming about the Derby. Listen, I've never been there. Michelle's never been there. Um, you're, you're basically two months away, possibly one race, maybe the Florida Derby. I imagine I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea. Uh, what, what do you, we had Bill Strauss on our show last year during the, uh, hot rod Charlie run. 
And he just was like, I, oh, no. I just don't sleep. I just, I'm so excited every day just to wake up and, and think about that day. Is that where you're at yet? I mean, I can certainly substantiate Bill's thoughts on that. You know, I really feel that in all I do, everything happens for a reason. So for me, I'm just a believer in that. I'm, I really, I don't think that I get all worked up or keyed up. I feel like there's a plan and just trust the plan you've been dealt and go with it. So maybe let, let's hope maybe that's the case going forward that the closer the derby gets, of course, I'm sure there's going to be so much anticipation and yeah, nerves. I'm sure it's going to, maybe it's going to become that bill's probably a hundred percent right, but I'm not there yet, but I can tell you, I'm certainly blessed to wake up every day and be in the position that I am today in life and be able to have the life I have. I'm very blessed. Well, we're blessed that you came on the show today. We really appreciate the time. I know you're very, very busy, um, and I know this is just the start. You'll get to do a lot of these interviews, and hopefully we've uh, we've kicked it off the right way. And uh, just so you know, Michelle can confirm this. We're very lucky with people coming on the show. We have had great success with big races. That's so wonderful. you have that going for you. I don't know. You, you, I don't know if you feel it a little different now that you've done this, but uh, Michelle, am I right? Yes, we have tremendous luck. We have good luck. Not so, Billy and I, no, yeah, we're terrible. Michelle and I are awful. We're awful <laughs> handicappers. We're our horses. I literally run made second. a poem for Billy at one time to stop betting on his horses. Yes, it's just it's just horrible. But so one thing I would like to back up and say, yeah. when we went to go look at simplification, it was Fernando and I that went to go look at simplification at the Demerics. Wasn't just me to go look at the horse. So I would like to make sure that that statement is made as well. Well, I, I, we just and, thought we just thought that you did everything. You found him, you named him, you bought him. It was just all you. There was no team. No, no, I, there's no I in team. There's, oh, there's I do want to ask team. about the silks <laughs> after. Go ahead. I'm well, sorry? she's telling a story, so go ahead. It, let, let Tammy finish. Oh, I was joking. No, so there's always a team. Fernando a and team. I and Enrique Martinez, first signs that, you know, and Ricky's been with me, like I said, from the beginning with Take Charge Indy. He's still with me today and us today and um fernando my husband amazing you know i mean we've had such great success together and we're blessed to have the opportunity so the silks secure yes. investments is, i want to know about your tank. silks so the silks are secure investments because really there's not much secure about supposedly horse racing <laughs> and i always just thought coming in it was just a great idea people made fun of me it was funny the first year at obs in april they're like you really named this secure investments there's not anything secure i'm like sure there is everything's yeah. secure in a way <laughs> so that is how i would come up with how i come up with secure investments and that is why it is named what it is today and of course first signs being the first babies you find at public auction to re-offer at public auction there you go i like it so I, I, I really like it. That's I'm going to ask one more question. Now, you, you, we talked a little bit about you receiving offers, and I, I know that you've received big offers for this horse. And you said you want to uh, um, um, stay in charge, stay in uh, probably as the managing partner. You're not going to let. Would you take, would you sell a small piece at like you did with uh, Take Charge Indy, maybe a leg, maybe? Because I know there's tons of people out there that would love to get involved, including myself. You know, selfishly. I, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there's, Definitely, I'm open to offers, and I'm definitely a business person. So, you know, I'm not ridiculous when it comes to business and, and the future. So, I mean, I'm definitely not closing the door on any offer whatsoever. 
I just think it needs to make sense. And I want to have a good working relationship or a pre relationship with the person. Sure. You know, I want to know that I get along. I want it to remain the way it is. Antonio Sano and his family, all of us at the races, the Demerics. I mean, we just collectively all just get along great. We all have so much fun together. And I don't want that element to change to something more, you know, something differently because we've been, you know, there's people, there's more people with us at that right. point. You know, I want to share in all that we do and I want everyone welcome. But at the end of the day, I don't want to close a door on a residual opportunity with this cult at this point and, and at this time in this business, you may never know when this happens again. I mean, to have two horses in the amount of time is just, it's, you, I just cannot comprehend it. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Tammy Bobo, one last thought. Um, someone, a lot of our listeners um, just possibly getting into the business, getting into horse ownership, we like to leave them with a little bit of advice. What would you say is the most important piece of advice that you've learned uh, being a, a horse owner? Just, I would have to say, just believe in your horse. Go with your gut. Believe in your horse. You can listen to outside information, but ultimately trust yourself and trust your thoughts. And I think, too, another good word of advice, and this may be more of a difficult one, we're a very small boutique operation. So we are hands-on every day. We are here working with these horses. We know these horses. These horses know us. And we have a bond and we develop with these horses as they grow. You know, you see them gallop around the fields here at the farm and you just get to know these horses. And if you listen and you're a horse person, they'll tell you. Yeah, very smart. Michelle knows about that. She talks to her horses all the time. Tammy Bobo, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. We wish you and your whole team the best of luck with simplification as you march towards the Kentucky Derby. And hopefully I will. I might see you in a couple uh, – actually, I'm leaving on Sunday for OBS. So if you're there, maybe I'll uh, meet you and, and buy you a beer at the uh, – was it the Tiki Hut? Well, fantastic. I will be at OBS. So I look forward to seeing you. And thank well, you for having me. I appreciate your time today. All right, Tammy Bowman. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. You're we'll be welcome. right back Thank here on the you. owner's box. Bye-bye. Just a reminder that the Ship and Win program is still in effect for Santa Anita Park, a $5,000 bonus for out-of-state horses, plus a 35% purse bonus to the horse's earnings in its initial start. Horses must have made their last start outside California and have not started in California in the last 12 months. First-time starters and stakes horses are not eligible for the program, but do remember we have fantastic winter turf racing. We've got our turf shoot, so now we can write races at five, five and a half, six, six and a half, as well as six and a half down the hill. Back here on the owner's box, Michelle, um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? I love an ambitious woman, and I love that she – is a self-starter and obviously very motivated and has built a wonderful, successful career. And it's really cool that I, I think it's fun when people that majorly pin hook end up with a good horse. Yeah. And I thought it was really nice to see some of that emotion come across. I know, mm -hmm. you know, we talked to Tammy afterwards and uh, she's like, I can't believe that, you know, I, I felt that way. And it's like, you know, that it makes you a real person. It's okay. Um, and, and I think she really, you could tell, that she cares. Uh, she cares about her horses. Obviously she cares about her business. Um, she cares about her kids and the, 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 I mean, the Brock purse story is hysterical. 
And um, I wonder what kind of purse it was, though. I don't know. I should have asked. You should have. I'm nosy like that. Yeah, of course you are. Uh, I. It's nice also when Tammy's been in the business since 2007. That's a pretty. That's okay. That's a. That's a Mm -hmm. decent enough time, right? I had never known Tammy Bobo. I never knew her name. I never knew who she was. And all of a sudden, she's front and center. And I think there's something really cool about the horse racing industry that can create these stars, owners, you know, and I, who knows what's going to happen with simplification in the next two months. But, you know, there's a chance she's in the limelight. I mean, this horse is definitely a serious contender for the Kentucky Derby. I like it. Yeah. All right, Michelle. Um, what do we have uh, coming up at uh, the Great Race Place this weekend? So coming up this weekend at the Great Race Place is first of all the <laughs> the stretch comedy show. Oh really? Funny. That's why yeah, you're laughing. That's, that's a, a stretch comedy, comedy show. show is coming up. So I think if people are interested, they should go to that. What um, is it? It's Jay Jay Cohen does the he oh, hosts the, a comedy oh, really? show. Where oh. and you get in, so if you if you buy a ticket to the comedy show, you also get a reserve a reserve seat during the races, admission parking program to the actual races and then to the show afterwards, which is in the chandelier room. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. And by the way, if you upgrade to VIP, you get access to the Santa Anita speakeasy. Ooh. Have you been in the speakeasy? I have been in the speakeasy. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It is. So that's kind of cool. 35 bucks though for maybe uh, the show. We're not supposed to talk about that. Um, also on Saturday is the San Luis Rey grade three. And on Sunday is the grade three Las Flores. So, a little bit of stakes action here. We're kind of like in that stakes action hangover after the big weekend last sure. weekend. But we still do have the show Viber going on. We've got the $40 handicapping contest both Saturday and Sunday. Um, and, of course, we have Pick'em going on over the weekend as well. If you maybe you are new to racing or you feel a little bit more comfortable making selections in other sports, Pick'em kind of does the best of both worlds where you're not having to handicap. You just you know, guess things like will Flavia and Pratt win one, two, or ten races today? Yeah, interesting bringing up Pratt. We didn't really talk about that. But, um, he is leaving along with Umberto Rispoli and Johnny V and Daitse to Fukumoto. Oh, where's Daitse Fukumoto going? Is he's he going, going to Woodbine? going back to Woodbine, yeah, which oh. was expected. Uh, and Johnny was expected. We knew he was yes. a winter only. Yeah, but it still leaves for, you know, pretty big spots i mean if you look you're at... johnny v now do you think well hold on <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should stay i'm already winning at 35 percent that's winning let me put you on the spot half. you and i are both big flavian flavian uh pratt fans uh friends fans is he making the right move no why not i mean I see where he's if he if his goal is he wants an eclipse award. I see where he thinks. Oh, if I go to the East Coast, then I'll have a better chance. But I feel like if you go to the East Coast, all of a sudden you're in the thick of these really great riders, right? Joel's out there, and the the Ortiz brothers are out there, and you know all the top riders that you're already vying for. Part of what makes you so appealing right now is you're cherry picking. It's not even just literally like, oh, you have this many horses a day. He he literally has every horse in the race. It's like they just hand it to him and they say, pick one, Pratt. And he picks whatever horse he wants, and he wins three races a day. He's got a wonderful life. He doesn't really have to move. You only ride three days a week. You're making bank. 
Um, I would say the only like drawback you have right now is there's not really a derby prospect for you because you ride a lot for Baffert and Baffert's not running in the derby allegedly. But that hasn't hindered him before because he picked up Country House from Bill Mott and never having ridden right. the horse. So, I mean, it's not like completely out of the realm that he could pick up a mount. Now, I would say if he had come out and said, look, I really want a derby mount, so I'm leaving to go to Keeneland and see what I can pick up, and then I'll but be it, back I for think Del it's Mar. More than that. It's more than that. It, it's the competitive spirit, and he wants to be better. He wants to ride against the best. He wants to win an Eclipse Award. I, I can't fault him for and, – and there's a lot more money at stake – there, do you think? Let me ask you another yeah, question. But there's not, not really, because if you look at like the riding colony here, and he has 50 wins, you think he's going to get 50 wins in this amount of time? Even if the purse are bigger, he's not going to make as much money because he's not going to win as many races because Irad and Jose and Joel are winning races. And others. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, right? They're like here. It's Pratt is the top of the of the totem pole, right? He's something... the Maddie. I've, I've heard from riders though that racing three days a week. And, you know, there's the eight races on Friday and you know, there's just not a lot of opportunities that these guys want to yeah, actually for everybody ride. else. But for Pratt, there's opportunity. He rides every race right. with okay. the best horse. All right. I hear where you're coming from. I, I can't I can't totally disagree with you, but I do understand what he's trying to do. And listen, you in life, you try things. Right. And then if they don't work out, you can always come back. It's not like it's it's etched in stone that you can never come back. He said he's going to come back here next winter. Um, I'm sure he's going to be riding a lot for Chad Brown and, uh, you know, listen, I think we wish him all the best. I think you and I both respect him and we like him as a person. He's a great, he's a great kid. So good luck to Flavian Pratt and Rispoli. I'm not going to get into Rispoli. I think Rispoli is the one who should have just changed his plan. <laughs> I know. If you're Rispoli and you came out and you're like, I'm going to leave. And I'm coming back. I'm going to go too. And you're like, oh. Uh, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> hey, I have to correct one thing. Tammy just texted me. She said 2010 was her first year in the business. And that's when she bought uh, Indy. Take charge. That's Indy. correct. Because so, he won the Florida Derby in 2012. Right. So 2010. She wanted me to correct that. Um, what a great guest Tammy Bobo was. Wishing her the best of luck with simplification. Uh, Michelle, you can uh, everybody can reach out to Michelle the at the Michelle U at BKLRF. The the uh, show Twitter is at Own a Horse. We will publish this on Thursday morning. We are part of the In the Money Media Network. Um, really thankful to be doing this. Thanks for all the to all the listeners. It's so funny, Michelle, when we don't have a show or it comes out late. I start getting text messages. Where's the show? Where's the show? Uh, special thanks to uh, Bill Strauss for being Bill Strauss, even though we got him in in the interview. And to San Anita Park. And to San Anita Park. And don't forget, our uh, ship and win bonus is still in effect right now. You get a bonus for, per start, and you also get a bonus for your first start on your purse earnings. And um, looking forward to that and bringing horses over to be a part of our really great turf racing. Absolutely. Absolutely, Michelle. Um, Michelle, I'm going to be in o OBS in Ocala next week. What are we going to do? Oh, Tuesday. I'm jealous. Wednesday. I fly Wednesday. So Make we sure you TikTok from there. Tuesday. I don't know how to TikTok. I, I don't really know. I don't not really grasp the whole concept yet. I like oh, looking through to, TikTok. If we do something Tuesday, it has to be early because I'm taking Olivia on a surprise date at Disneyland. Ooh. And then Philly the week after that. Yeah. I'm going to Dubai. Oh, does anybody know? No. Okay. I'm not Secret. Gonna say, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.